Hello, everyone. We are uh, starting the new Mimer, new discourse called Vayemer Hashem Lakim Hein Adam. This is the story of Bracious after the um, after eating the Adam and Chava from the the Eitzadas, the Tree of Knowledge, and Parshas Bracious Daf Hey, the fifth Daf of uh, Torah Or, page. Five Am Gimel, the third column. And Hashem, who is God, said that see now that man, since now that he ate from the tree of knowledge, it's Adas, he's become like one of you, able to know good and evil. And now, lest he stretch his hand forth. Let his hand stretch forth. So that's the initial verse that we're quoting here. Now, our questions are as follows. First question, what is the idea that by eating from the tree of knowledge, Adam and Chava's eyes were open, making them like angels who know good and evil? Second question is that what is the meaning when Hashem, what does it mean, Hashem Elohim? When it says Hashem Elohim, it's saying Hashem who is God. So why does it just say Hashem or just say Elohim? Now, lest he stretch forth his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Why would that bother him? Actually, the fact that Hashem already commanded Adam not to eat from the tree of knowledge was also in order that he not die and instead live forever. So why would it bother Hashem now if Adam would live forever by eating from the tree of life? Third question we have, that the main question the, now, and the Altar says that this is the main question we have, the Iker question. From where did the snake know that on the day that you eat of it, your eyes will become opened? Which turned out to be exactly true. If Adam, who heard his command, this command from Hashem himself, did not recognize this and only realize the basic meaning that Hashem said that for this day that you eat from it, you will surely die. And the snake is not mentioned at all as having heard this command. How did the snake know about the effect of the Etzadas? How would he know the effect of the tree of knowledge of what it caused? And also, even if the snake did hear when Adam was commanded, from where do we have the additional comprehension to extrapolate a deeper level of understanding than Adam himself. Unless we say that the snake was on a higher level than Adam, which itself would be something incomprehensible. Meaning to say that Adam was on a higher level than the snake, so how can the snake um, know more than he did about this? have a deeper level of understanding than Adam. So now to answer the three questions, the first, to answer the first question, um, if to explain what is written in Bracious that Adam, that Adam will be like one of us knowing good and evil after eating the from the tree of knowledge, which Hashem said to the angels. This is what Hashem says to the angels. Now this implies that above in Shemaim, they know both the good and the evil. But nevertheless, they are not mixed one with the other, for it is revealed and known to the angels, at least, that 
this one is good and that this one is evil. The evil is separate from the good, even though both the good and the evil are known there above. Then now this is not the case of what the tree eating from the Etzidas Tevera accomplishes. I mean, the level of the whole idea is that it's knowing that they're um, knowing good and evil, and that the idea, the I guess the curse of it is that the fact that it's the good and evil is mixed, and the evil feeds off from the good, and the good and evil become combined. So we must understand the meaning of Etzidas Tevera tree of knowledge of good and evil is an expression of knowledge. If so, why would the knowledge of good and evil create a mixture of good and evil when also above in Hashemayim, it is known that the good and the evil, but in, above in Shemayim, they know, uh, they know that it's separate, the, the, the good and evil being separate. But the knowledge itself doesn't create a mixture of good and evil. So therefore, so theoretically, eating from the tree of good and evil should really, the etzadas should really be a good thing because it provides knowledge um, as opposed to being a bad thing, which we know that it is because it created that mixture of good and evil. Now, however, the difference here is the same idea as the difference between makif and pnimi. So makif meaning encompassing and pnimi meaning internal. So from the level of das, of knowledge of good and evil, above in Shemaim, is only a makif knowledge of good and evil. And therefore, it is possible to retain a separation between good and evil, whereby one can know about evil, not incorrectly swap it or mistake it for good, God forbid. Now, this is similar to the idea in Mishle. It says in Mishle, Smamis bedaim tesapes vehi behichle melech. That a spire climbs with her arms inside the king's palace. So what does this mean? It means that even though she's in the king's palace, where she doesn't belong, but one knows and recognizes her, recognizes her as a spider. And since it is distant from the people in the palace and doesn't affect them at all, they don't bother to remove it. Now, similarly above, there's a separation between good and evil as it is in the expression that Hamavdil ben Kadesh Lachayel, that, that we separate cause a distinction between holy and the mundane. Now, the separation comes from knowing good and evil in a way that is makif, it's encompassing them. Therefore, they do not mix together. So when you know good and evil and love of makif, you're able to, to keep it separate. Um... Now, this is also similar to the idea of Levina Zaka that we talk about in the uh, spices, the Kataras and the um, in uh, Parshas Amor in Leviticus, that this pure Levina spice, it's, um, that it's one of the 11 uh, spices used in the Kataras, that 10 of the spices correspond to the 10 sparks of holiness, which are swallowed up in Klippa, Unholiness and the leaven spice Lavona is a spark of holiness of makif energy. Makif means it's so encompassing and overarching that they don't become invested internally into the klippa. Now, this Lavona spice is also the main life force for the klippa, 
However, since the slave force that it gives to them is only makif over them, it does not become mixed with them at all and is therefore remains entirely good. Now the makif also pushes away the chitzonim, uh, this external forces that oppose holiness. This is apparent from the image of the tree in Pardes, uh, drawn with makifim and pnimim, that the state of the situ- and situation of the klippas is with their backs toward the makif. Now, this is an image that we don't have in the audio version of this year, but maybe um, in the recording I will uh, send the PDF uh, from uh, learnchasidus.com, which has pictures that you can uh, actually see what it looks like with the Kabbalistic drawings. Now, this is not the case for the Eitzadas Tevira, which is on the level of Pnimi. No knowledge is the idea of Pnimi, it's internalizing. The good is literally mixed with the evil. And this is the meaning of what it's written. And, uh, and Adam will be like one of us, knowing good and evil. Meaning, it is also like one of us, that just like on the level of oneness of Hashem, referring to Tzilus above, it is known both good and evil. So too, Adam would also know good and evil, having tasted from the tree of knowledge, which combines good and evil. However, for him, this knowledge is harmful. Why is it harmful? Why is the knowledge of good and evil harmful? Because Adam comes from the level of Pneumius, which is internalizing the knowledge. And immediately upon knowing about evil, he's meaning he didn't even know about evil. So now he knows about evil from after eating from that tree of knowledge, the evil becomes mixed into his consciousness and the evil would li- literally be mixed into him. This is unlike how it is above in, by, in Shemaim where even though they know about evil, and there as well, it remains separate and distant from good, and does not approach it since it remains on the level of makif. So it doesn't, since it remains on the level of makif, it doesn't, it's not able to be internalized within the angels, so to speak. But Adam, who's a person in this world, who comes from the level of pnimi, which is the idea of internalization, when he learns about good and evil, then the evil literally becomes mixed up with him. Uh, and he uh, he becomes mixed up with the evil. Because on the level of Pneumius, it is impossible to completely separate good and evil. As previously explained, when it is very different, difficult to separate the evil. Only by way of an intense battle, as in the verse, one nation overpowers the other nation, referring to Yaakov, uh, Yaakov level, which represents holiness, and Esau, which represents unholiness. Or sometimes one side, which can dominate, and sometimes the other side dominates. Sometimes holiness will dominate, and sometimes unholiness will dominate. There's always this battle. When you're talking about the level of Pneumi, internalization, there's always a battle, and there's always, it's always a um, competition for uh, that space in within the person. Like we find and see by the souls of the Jewish people from the first generations until now. There are very that there are many different periods. Sometimes in a single generation, there were many exalted souls who overcame the evil within them, 
In other generations, there were wicked people who were very much overcome by the evil. So you have both. The um, regards to humans that we have this battle and this struggle because we have meat evil mixed within us. Because they all descend from Adam Rishon. And he had all of these changes within him. Sometimes he was victorious, and other times the evil won over him. All of this was because he functioned on the internal level, as and as soon as he knew about evil, became mixed into his psyche. And with that came a very great and arduous battle to separate the evil. Therefore, it was sometimes one way, overcoming the evil, and at other times the other way. And similarly, we find, according to the simple meaning of the verses, that before he ate from the Etzadas, his awareness of evil was encompassing, since before eating from the Etzadas, they were enclosed and were involved in relations to bear offspring. As the verse says, the Pasuk in Nebuchadnezzar, and they were not ashamed uh, before the eating from the tree. Just as when they were eating or drinking unbashedly, since this act of bearing children is a mitzvah from Hashem. So why should they be embarrassed? They do not know that there is a self-oriented oriented desire uh, with related to sexual relations. So therefore, um, so, but since they they only did, they they were involved in the mitzvah of, of having children um completely for holy reasons and with no self-gratification whatsoever, they didn't know any evil. So therefore, they didn't need to wear clothes. However, after eating from the Etadas, Tree of Knowledge, when self-oriented desires became mixed into their consciousness, it became difficult to separate themselves from materialistic indulgences. So now to answer the second question that we had, that Hashem really didn't want Adam to taste from the tree of knowledge since it could injure him. It could be jeopardize him, his, uh, his holiness, as we previously explained. Really, he wanted that Adam should have no knowledge of the existence of evil at all so that he would be entirely holy. He did not want to bring him into this intense battle, this war uh, between good and evil, always having to fight off the evil um, uh, from uh, being internalized in, in him. But after he ate from the Isidas and internalized the evil, then Hashem said, lest he stretch his hand forth and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever, thus Hashem sent him out of the out of the Garden of Eden. So here, uh, the, the, the verse says in Hebrew, Pen yishlach so, therefore, he has to leave the Garden of Eden after eating from the Tree of Knowledge. Um, so, what does this mean? Now that Adam has already internalized the mixture of evil after eating the fruit, Shem was concerned that if he would all take also from the Itzachayim, from the Tree of Life, the root of which is on the level above the spiritual Shvirsa uh, Kalim, which is the shattering of vessels, which is the beginning <coughs> of death and the existence of Etadas Tevira, Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil, which is not the case for what is above the shattering, namely the Etzachayim. So meaning the Etzachayim is above Shirasakalim, the Etzadas is below Shirasakalim. Shirasakalim meaning the, um, the process that happens in the world of Tohu, 
um, where which is the ultimate source of everything, and causes uh, sparks to sparks of holiness to scatter amongst the world and become intermingled with um, with holiness of holiness and unholiness being intermingled. So, essentially, just to summarize that if Adam already internalized the mixture of evil, then if he would have eaten from the tree of life, then the evil could have gotten mixed into something that's eternal, which is the tree of life, which is above Shreskilim. So, then, then, God forbid, the evil would live forever. Meaning that in truth, regarding this level, Eitzachayim, it says in Eiv, that if you are righteous, what does that offer him? If your misdeeds are many, what does that do to him? The Pasuk in, uh, says in Hebrew, Im tzadakta matitin lai, Um If so, even if he is mixed up with evil, even if your misdeeds are many, meaning the rabu p'sha'acha, Nevertheless, it would still be possible that he would live forever. And then the evil would live forever. Since it was internalized and mixed into him, and it cannot be separate, separated from him. If so, then when he would live forever, then also the evil within him would live forever. It would exist forever. This is the opposite of the intention for creating the world. For the purpose of creation is that there must be as it says in Yeshaya, Bila Hamavaslanetzach, that death must be swallowed up forever. That we have this concept of Viartahara of destroying, as it says in Devarim, exterminating all remnants of evil. That's the whole purpose of the uh, the ultimate purpose of the world is to not have any evil. And to uh as we say also Varisha Hula Bashantihla to completely burn up any evil in uh, smoke that that will occur in the times of Mashiach. Why is that? Because for the entire time of exile, but the entire time of, uh, in exile that we're in, it's the period of refining the world and removing evil, which this refinement process is accomplished through chachma, through wisdom. Because it, as it says that uh, chachma is beriru, that uh, I think it's um, an ex- expression, Yitzchayim, uh, that, that Chachma naturally has this quality of refining, refinement. It re- naturally refines and separates uh, evil from good. Therefore, Chachma is called Din, it's called judgment, because this concept, Chachma is connected to severity and judgment, is unlike what the earliest Kabbalists understood. The Chachma is entirely chesed, since it is the source of chesed. However, the Chayat, which is one of the later Kabbalists, he proposed that it also contains din, uh, which is judgment. The, the Arizal agreed with him and praised him for this explanation, meaning that that Chachma contains within it kindness and judgment and din. He said that this concept corresponds to how is explained in the Zohar in the Idra, as explained in Idra, which is a section of the Zohar. 
that it says in the Zohar, Kechamer deshaket v'shachich al dur day. That the hidden chachma rests and settles in its place, just like fine wine settles on its dregs. Um, so, now this ability to refine contained in chachma is needed since there are things requiring refinement to have the evil removed from them. And this is accomplished through gvura, severity, as it is contained within chachma. And on this, the verse states in Tehillim, Asher Geber Sher Fortunate is the man whom Ka sends suffering. Ka, Yud K, the, the two letters Yud and He, the two letters of Hashem's name, sends Hashem. So, fortunate is the man who Hashem sends suffering. So, why would, why would that be a good thing? Suffering be a good thing? That even suffering, which is for the purpose of removing evil, comes from the level of Yudke, the first two letters of Shem's name. So really, suffering is at the end of the day, um, in at least in concealed manner, really divine and good. As it is known that suffering is for the purpose of separating out the evil. Since Klippa is likened to a leech, which sucks blood and immediately dies, this is the meaning of what is written in Mishle, that and the leech has two children. That la aluka shtevanais. So, these two children; these are two different types of klipa, of unholiness that suck, uh, uh, suck out the holiness, just like a leech sucks out blood from a person. Um, and then I guess apparently once the leech sucks out the blood, it immediately dies. So, this is the idea of the goat that is sent out the sari meshtaleach. That on Yom Kippur, we, um, there's a mitzvah in the Torah of sending off one of the goats uh, off, the, off that cliff um, to atone for our sins, as well as the idea in Bracious, this week's Parsha, sorry, not in this week's Parsha, in Sefer Bracious, uh, by Yaakov, it says, Vayishlach Yaakov, Minchalei Savachiv. Yaakov specifically sent a gift to his brother, Esav, specific, what, but what did he send him? Izim Masaim sent him 200 male goats. Why would he send 200 male goats? Um, and why, But the reason is because the idea of goats is connected to the goat that was put the Sari Meshtaleach, the goat that was pushed off um, the cliff on Yom Kippur to atone for the Jewish people. Um, so the idea is that by giving a portion of life, to the klippa, he separates it from his own domain. So the idea is as follows. The idea is, is that klippa, unholiness, which is represented by Esav, he has a claim on us, saying that, you know, since we sin during the year, he deserves to win and that we don't deserve whatever um, reward it may be. But the whole idea of sending off the, the goat off the cliff is saying is we're kind of giving Klippa a little bit of what it wants so that way uh, we can keep this ourselves. Just like Yaakov Avinu, he had got an inheritance of blessing from his father Yitzchak of Isaac and he then pushed, he pushed, sorry, he didn't push anything. He gave uh, his brother Esau 
these goats, so to speak, to give him, give Klippa what to um, to have, so that way he wouldn't he wouldn't be able to leech um, any more holiness from him. Now this is what must be done once Adam already tasted from the Etzadas, the tree of knowledge, become mixed with evil. Then the process of refining is necessary until evil is separated out by removing all sparks of holiness within the klipa, within the unholiness. Now all this refinement process is by way of chachma, chachma's wisdom, which is the idea, as we explained earlier, is connected to the idea of refinement. Through we refine things through our wisdom, since it contains within itself. Since chachma wisdom contains kindness and severities, the severities make it possible um, to the uh, to understand that yod and hey sends suffering. This is written that kasher yaser ishes that just a man rebukes his son, so too Hashem rebukes you. Meaning that the Chachmat, the more we un- the more wisdom we have, we can understand that that this the father that's rebuking the child, he's not really rebuking him because he doesn't um, like him or anything. He recognizes that oh no, the father's rebuking me because he wants what's best for me. It's really for the ultimate kindness. But you need Chachma to recognize that. And also for the parents to have the wisdom to recognize when it is necessary to uh, punish the child and to or to show love, etc., etc. So, now this is not the case of the guarding to the level of Kesser. Kesser is will, divine will, which is higher than Chachma wisdom. Because Kesser is pure Rachmi. Kesser comes from the middle, the middle line in the Kabbalistic chart, so which means it's more directly connected to mercy, Rachamim. And on that level, on when we, on the level of Rachamim, darkness, as it says in Tehillim, darkness is equivalent to light. So, therefore, there's no refinement necessary. That Therefore, there's a concern that Pen Yishlach Yadev Lekach Gam Eitzachayim that Adam uh, would, if he ate from the tree of life, then the evil would live forever. Um, now, since uh, the, it says in Eov, Im Tadakta Matitanlo, if you're righteous, what does that offer him? Meaning, even if he sins, Uh, that since he is in the level of Pneumius, Adam Harishon, the first man, is in the level of, uh, corresponds to the level of internalization, represents internalization. Therefore, the evil that is bound and fixed within him would also be sustained, which would be the opposite of the ultimate intent of creation. And is written the Zohar with regards to Rabbi Acha. In the village of Tarsha, there was a big plague at the time, and says that he removed the judgment against them through the recitation of the passages of the incense offering, the Keturas. And in the place where the plague struck, 
and the, uh, he specifically said the 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 order of the incense in, as it prescribed in the Torah that the Kohen would offer and burn on the on the incense altar. And when he when he recited those uh, verses and those teachings about the incense, uh, the plague would stop. Now he was then told from heaven that this was not appropriate. Why? Since the people there remained in a state of guilt and they didn't do proper repentance, uh, tshuva, proper tshuva for their sins. If he would have first inspired them to do tshuva and then remove the plague by reciting the passage of the Keturus, that would have been fine. But to stop the plague without having, while they were still sinning, that was actually only adding life to unholiness. So therefore, that's why in the story of Adam uh, in the Garden of Eden, Hashem sent him from Gan Eden to work the land. That's why he still had to be punished and leave the Garden of Eden. Um, what is the idea of working the land? Working the land is a process of spiritual refinement of the physical world through seeding, plowing, and harvesting until grain and produce is, is ready for consumption. So after he works the land, then he can eat from the food and then use the energy to to recognize Hashem's oneness and to love Hashem as we read in the Shema and to refine and elevate the world. And at this point, Adam Harishon needed to physically traverse the earth, which he was derived from, and to refine the sparks of holiness that fell into it from his sin by eating there from its produce and using the energy to serve Hashem. And that is the end of chapter 1. Now, theoretically, if Adam never ate from the tree of knowledge, then he wouldn't be able to elevate the world. So, then that begs another question that what was Hashem's initial intention of creating the world if Adam was never supposed to eat, if the ideal was that he wasn't supposed to eat from the tree? Um, Because then evil would, in that case, then evil would exist in the world. Adam Rishon would have no idea, wouldn't know anything about it, and he wouldn't be able to elevate it and refine it. Um, so the answer is that he would be able to elevate the world, but it wouldn't be through battle. He would just he would he would elevate the world as it is written uh, in the way in a way, um, like they did in the Garden of Eden, that he he would work the Garden of Eden, but. It would be just through doing the mitzvahs, through the 248 positive mitzvahs, and draw down infinite godly light, the Orient Sof, into the Garden of Eden. And just through the abundant revelation of light, the sparks of holiness um, that became entangled with evil would just automatically be elevated and absorbed within the supernal lights that man draws down like a flame comes drawn to the torch. Now if the torch is small, then only a flame which is directly nearby will be drawn into it. And if it's distance even slightly, then it will not be drawn into it. And it won't be drawn into it. However, if the torch is large, then even a very distant flame, if it's a huge bonfire, then this, even a very distant flame will get drawn into the, the big torch or bonfire. So so this is a, just a different 
process of refining the world. Instead of refining the world through tackling and fighting the evil and transforming it to good, this is a way more of just through reboy or through just such an abundance of light, it just automatically becomes transformed because there's so much light instead of actively fighting the darkness. And that's how uh, our divine service uh, existed in the times of the in the base of Mikdash, the temple. But our sages taught, as it brought down in the Gemara Pesachim, that the only reason why the Jewish people were exiled in, in, was in order so that more converts could be added uh, to the Jewish people. Which meaning to say that it, through elevating the sparks that were found amongst the uh, uh, to be converts, uh, that is why we were exiled. Now, what would have been had had they had, what would have been if they did not transgress and become exiled? What would happen of all these converts? So we must say that under such circumstances, the sparks would have been automatically absorbed into the holy light, like a flame before a torch, like Nama the Amorite, the Ammonite who despite being a foreigner, was drawn to King Solomon, Shlomo Melech, and she became uh, King Solomon's wife, bearing his son and heir, Rechavam. Now, yeah, so seemingly it would just be that the, the nations of the world would just be so drawn to the Jewish people and to the, to, to the temple that they any converts would just miraculously just travel and just come to, to Israel and just convert and just... Uh, come on their own without having to be Jewish people needing to be exiled. Um, and this is also with regards to the nations who came to hear King Solomon's wisdom, Shalom Melch's wisdom, as it says in Bratan and Malachim Aleph in the first uh, book of Kings. And with regards to the Queen of uh, Shiva, of Sheba in the same place. For them there was such a great torch, Shlomo Melch was such a great torch, metaphorically speaking, naturally all the sparks became absorbed in it. If the base of Migdash would have remained standing longer, then all the nations would have become refined and purified in this way. As it is written regarding Lassid uh, Lavo, the future period, time is brought down in the book of Tsefania, that as apoich elhamim saf of rura, that when uh, the time of Mashiach, the time of the ingathering gathering of the exiles, that Hashem transform the nations to pure language. Um, that meaning they'll call out to Hashem on their own accord. Also says in Yeshaya, that nations will go by your light. Uh, meaning there'll be such a great light coming from Jerusalem that the nations will just be just transform themselves on their own because of the great light and revelation of godliness. And so would be the idea of the refinement process accomplished by Adam had he not transgressed, for he would have been entirely holy. For even the dirt used to form his body was taken from a place of the Mizbeach, and from it his 248 limbs were made, anointed in oil, etc. He would have... So if... So, basically, Adam would have just dwelled in the Garden of Eden, and from there he would have increased light through his prayer and Torah study. 
and that just would have naturally just permeated the entire world. The klippa would have automatically ceased to exist because the sparks of holiness would have been extracted from them, and it would have all been accomplished without any struggle. However, once he transgressed, then the refinement had to had to had to uh, be accomplished specifically through toil and struggle. Avodas Birurim, it's called. That the Zohar teaches that nowadays, um, the time of prayer of davening is called uh, Shas Krava, time of battle. Now we would need to descend to the place of Klippa and elevate the sparks of holiness from there. Which is what it means that Adam was sent to the land from which his body was derived. Since now, in order to elevate the physical world, he must descend into the physical world and to elevate it from there. And that's and that's where Adam was created. He was created from the earth. So he's going into the earth and um, elevating it that way. So now we can answer another one of the questions we had. Why the snake knew the effects of eating from the tree of knowledge, and but to such an extent that Adam, Adam Rishon, didn't know what uh, the effects of eating the tree of knowledge, and do you, even despite the fact that Hashem never even told the snake to begin with, so how could that be? It's because Adam Rishon himself, he was so holy, he was even beyond, he was beyond the whole level of Etzadas uh, Tevera. He didn't know about the existence of evil whatsoever. The snake, who was on the level of uh, Itzadas Tevira, he knew about evil. He knew that when Hashem had commanded Adam not to eat from the Itzadas, it was in order to prevent Adam from having any knowledge of evil at all. So that he would not need to enter any battle with the evil at all. Would instead nullify the evil automatically through flooding with the world, the with the world flooding the world with divine light. So, so the, so, so that so therefore the snake was very angry. To, to such an extent that Adam was so protected from evil. That he was so that Adam Arishan was so protected from evil to the extent that he can't even doesn't even know about evil. That he doesn't, he can't even stumble into it. So that's why the snake wanted Adam to to eat from the app, eat from the tree, because so the snake decided that it was preferable for Adam to become involved in this evil and battle with it, and then sometimes also the snake and evil in general would dominate and win. As it is written in Kohelas, There are times when a man rules over another man, but eventually it will be to his detriment. So the snake thought that this would be better for it than if Adam did not know about evil at all. Because then the good holiness that was included in the snake would be absorbed by Adam Rishon like a flame. A torch, the snake would then die and be completely destroyed. 
Therefore, he came with deception to Chava, as it says in Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer, that the Samach Mem, which is the Satan, came riding on the snake, etc. That the snake said, for Hashem knows that on that day, that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like Hashem, knowing good and evil. Now in truth, it is actually the case. And the snake did not tell a complete lie. He only spoke deceptively. If he said, you will be like Hashem in the positive sense, then truth is actually a deficiency, this knowledge. Because even though Adam would know about that good and evil, just like Hashem knows about good and evil, but above in Shemaim, it does not cause a defect because it's in the Makif level, as we explained earlier. Um, and the Makif level doesn't affect the person. But but mankind, since we come from uh, from the level of internalization, that when we know about good and evil, it actually affects us and uh, can harm us, even just the mere knowledge of evil. So, so that is the end of the answer. Now, in Lakute Torah of the Arizal, it explains this concept as well that Adam Rishon. This is the quote from the Kutitar of the Rizal, that Adam Arishon was exploring the supernal chambers, these lofty spiritual levels, and he was able to become... He, why was he able to explore these lofty spiritual levels? Because he was even higher than Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai, and he was in a completely different league since he was formed by the hands of Hashem. Now... The this Lukutator of the Rizal continues to explain they had no interest in, in peeking into the chambers of impurity and the snake persuaded him to anyways look into them and to see what was inside and as a result he stumbled and fell into desiring what was in them. So too I heard uh, this is now the um, this is the, the altar Rebbe speaking that I heard from uh, the Holy Rebbe Avram who was uh, Avraham Malach, the famous son of the Magd of Mezrich, on the verse, V'yet Yehuda ad ish adulami ishmoichira, that Yehuda, uh, the son of Yaakov, uh, veered to the Adulamite man whose name was Chira because of the event of the son of Yosef. And because he sold, they sold Yosef, Yehuda veered, V'yet, so what does it mean, veering? The, the, this means that he veered into the chambers of impurity to the Adulamite man in order to elevate sparks of holiness from there. And this is also the idea intended of um, the Fils of Paim during the, the Tachnun prayer. That during the Tachnun prayer, um, we essentially, we bend over and lower our heads to to the ground. We ask Hashem to forgive us for our sins. That because through our sins we cause sparks of holiness to fall down into unholiness. We need to go down and extract them from where they fell. Thank you so much for learning and I hope you enjoyed and um, have a wonderful day.